Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Welcome. Uh, glad you guys are here. Um, I want to I start off this morning with some kingdom business. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, there's certain things that we have opinions about. We have thoughts about. Uh, I think that one of the best examples of this is found in Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, I believe it's verse 13. That Joshua is there, and he sees a man standing in front of him with a sword. And Joshua says to this man, he says, Are you for us or for our enemies? And the man answers and says, Neither. But as the commander of the Lord's army, I have arrived. And... Sometimes we think we're choosing sides, but the truth is where we need to be is on God's side. And the angel shows up and is like, I'm not for, neither, neither. And so what I want to bring up is the same thing I brought up last week, if you were here last week, is I want to bring up and just mention again Israel. And the matter of Israel is not a who am I for or who am I against, but it's a kingdom matter Because of what God said. Psalms 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be with you within your walls and prosperity to your places. In Numbers chapter 24, it says, Whoever blesses Israel will be blessed. And whoever curses Israel will be cursed. So if somebody asks, well, whose side are you on? My answer is neither but I want to be on God's side. And God has stated in his word, he's like, look, the land belongs to Israel. He says, we are to pray for peace in Israel. Let me just encourage you to continue to pray, to lift up Israel, what is going on over there, and to not be on one side or the other, but to choose to be on God's side. Choose to be on God's side. He doesn't take sides. He's a king. Kings don't need votes, they make decrees. And he's like, look, this is what he has decreed. So let me encourage you in that, that you may have thoughts and and, and you can have emotions on both sides and for who, but it comes down to it as a kingdom matter. And God has stated, look, pray for the peace of Israel. Stand with. He says, I will bless those who bless them. So stand there with me, please. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians. Ephesians, and we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5. Now today, where we're going to begin is this, is we're really going to look at the home. Now Ephesians, uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and Ephesians is a very practical book because it was written to one of the first churches, really in explaining or in making known of what it means to be a Christian. It's like, what does it mean to be a Christian? All the Bible was authored by God, but it was written by man. This particular book was written by a man named Paul, wrote, in my opinion, probably half or close to half of the entire New Testament as he was inspired by God. So God would inspire and he would write down. Now, in what we're going to start with today is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and it begins to talk about the home And like, look, this is how you're supposed to act at home. See, the Bible is more than just, this is how you go to heaven. 
It's how to live and how we're meant to think, how we're meant to function. Well, one of those areas is the home. How are we supposed to function? What is this supposed to be? Now, structure really isn't necessary until it's necessary. But but think about this. The, The longer you want something to last, the more concerned you need to be with the structure. I can take a bunch of cups and I can make a tower. But as soon as there's any wind or or movement, what's going to happen? The thing's going to fall. So what do we do with our homes? We want want foundations under our homes. And we're in Michigan and you got to go so deep anyway, so we put basements in our homes. And we're concerned with the structure because we want it to last. So God is like, look, I'm going to give you the structure for how a home is meant to be. I'm going to give you this. And now, here's something I want you to realize. Every successful home, every successful marriage that you have ever seen has implemented, successfully implemented, biblical truths, whether they realize it or not. Whether it comes from direct, like, I know I'm doing this because God's word says, or because they just kind of picked it up somewhere, it's what they saw, or a relationship growing up, they looked at a grandma or grandpa, or they saw someone, they're like, you know, I want to emulate that, this is a great thing, whether they realize it or not. That's where it comes from. So what that means is this, is the stronger the attack, the stronger the attack that the world puts on the Bible the more we will see marriages fail more and more and more. Because God designed it, and man can try to redefine it, but we're not making it any better. We're not going to make it any better. God designed marriage in the home, and so we're going to look at what he has to say about it. So Ephesians 5 verse 21 says this, And further, submit to one another out out of reverence for Christ. It's just talking about how you and I are meant to get along, and it says, look, submit to one another. We got, we got some equals here. He doesn't say, hey, somebody's above you, and this, he's like, look, you have some equals. And then he goes on in verse 22, for wives, this is once you're married, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of it, his body. Now, the world loves to praise individuality and individualism. And it's like, hey, if you're in a relationship, like, don't lose who you are. And I I read that sort of thing, and, and you come across those little quotes and stuff, and I'm just like, that's the opposite of what we're supposed to do. That's the exact opposite. A little, I'm going to skip a little bit ahead, but in verse 31 of Ephesians, it says that the two become one. It's two becoming one. Now, what it just said here for, for wives is it said submit to your husbands. Now, who's ever been canoeing before? Raise your hand if you've ever been canoeing. Okay, okay, all right. Who has a story about canoeing? You're like, oh, I'm going to tell you what I have. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, canoeing is fun, but, but um, if you get two people in a canoe, and they both have a paddle, there has to be some agreement about what's going to happen next. 
if the person in the front is like, well, I think we should go this way, and the person in the back is like, well, I'm steering, and the one in the front's like, well, I'm steering, and, and the one in the back's like, go on the right, and they're like, well, I don't think I should go on. That thing does this, and it's fun to watch, but not be in the canoe. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be in there. You just want to be on shore or in one next to them, and just like, ah. Like, like I, man, you used to do some adventure racing, and, and very often, almost every one of them had a canoe leg, and I would love coming up on canoes where they were fighting. Like, like where the teams are fighting, and one person's like, we got to do this, and we're going down a river, and they're hitting things and logs and tipping over, and I'm just like, oh, just smile. We just, we just keep going. You've got to come together if you're going to do anything. Uh, Amos 3.3 says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? Like if all you're going to do is walk together, that's it. You have to agree. So if you get two strong people in a canoe and they're agreed about where they're going and the person in the front realizes they cannot steer as well as the person in the back because they're not in the back. If you were in the back, you could probably steer, but you can't from the front. That's just not how it works unless you're going backwards, but then that's the back. (laughs) So if you get two strong people in a canoe and they agree, it's great. They are going to take off. They're going to be very efficient in where they're going. The person in the front is going to let the person in the back steer because that's who has to steer that thing. And they're going to go fast and they can go far. But if you get two independent people in the canoe, well, that's when there's trouble because each one wants to do their own thing. So strength is not the issue. And it's the same when it comes to marriage. It's not that one needs to be stronger than the other because the Bible just said wives submit. And that's super not popular if you didn't know that. <laughs> but it's not about, okay, well, well, somebody needs to be strong and somebody needs to be weak. No, you need to be united. Yeah, that's what you need to be. Because united, you're going to take off and you can go places. Yeah, that's right. And that's what you're meant to do. Again, it's the two become one. It doesn't say the half and the three-quarter or the half and the whole. It's two becoming one. It's equals becoming one, agreeing to come together. Two strong individuals that come together but are united in mission and purpose and like this is the way we're going to do it because God's word says it and here's where we're going to go. You can have a wonderful marriage. It's when you get independent people together. And they each want to do their own thing, their own way. And they have their own vision and their own dream and their own bank account and their own this and their own that. And you're just like, ah, mess. It's going to be a mess. So here's what it says. God's word is like, look, the man is going to be the head of the home. Now, when I men can't do anything, that's not what I said. What I said was, what God designed is that men are to lead their home. You are to lead your home. Now, when, when you look at what the Bible, the, the picture that the Bible paints for a godly woman when it comes to marriage, um, there's, there's some verses that really jump out. It's Proverbs 31, um, around the 10th verse. 
And, and my Bible even, even kind of like subcategorizes this group of scriptures for me, and it calls it the wife of noble character. And I just want to pick out a few of the verses that it talks about, that it says here, and what it says about the wife of noble character. In verse 10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. It's like, look, you cannot buy this. No amount of money would you give in exchange for how amazing this woman is. She is beyond price. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. Verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out at night. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for merchants. Like, I, I look through this and I'm like, uh, let me tell you what she's not. She's not barefoot pregnant in the kitchen cooking. Now, if you are, that's not bad. But that's not what she's doing. It's not restricted. That's not a bad look. Like, but anyways, <laughs> it's, it's not, like, like think about it. Real, she, she considers a field and buys it. She's in real estate. She plants a vineyard. She's in agriculture. And if you're planted a, vigor, a vineyard, this is not a, a short-term investment. This is long-term. You plant a vineyard, it's years before you get a return. She is looking ahead. She's industrious. And then she's making garments, and then she sells them. So she's direct to merchant seller. But then she's also supplying sashes to the merchants. So she's a supplier as well. Where does she keep it? Does she have a warehouse? Probably. I don't know. Maybe on the land that she considered and then she bought. So please understand, please, when we say that, and the Bible paints a picture that the husband is to lead the home, Yes, the husband is to lead the home. Anything with two heads is a monster. Can we just agree? Like you go to a circus and it's in a freak show. You're like, that's weird. You're like, that's weird. That's not right. Like what ooze did it crawl out of? Like what happened? And God's like, look, there's going to be one head and it's going to be the man. God's like, I've put some things in that man and he is the one that is going to lead it. But what that does not mean is that he is ruler, but he is the servant. And we're going to get that in a minute. We are going to get to that. But understand, understand that when it comes to the home, God has designed a way for it to be. When it comes to your marriage, God has designed a way for it to be. Uh, I'll get in pre-marriage counseling with people, and I'll be like, look, I'll look at the bride-to-be, and I'm like, if you do not trust him to lead your home and to think of you first, don't marry him. Like, don't. Don't marry him. Uh, when I was in my, in my teens and 20s, I'd read Proverbs 31. Uh, and I'd, I'd get to that part, and I'd read that, and I'd think a couple of things. One is I'd be like, man, I want a woman like that. And then two, it was, well, like, what kind of a guy do you think a woman like that is looking for? And am I that kind of man? When I look at them like, man, and I was like, oh my goodness, I hope I am. And I found her, and she thought I was, so it doesn't matter what you think, and we got married, and I love it. It's great. <laughs> but as a husband, 
if you're going to lead, you need to realize that the importance of it. And so here he goes on. He's like, look, we're going to go into verse 24. This is how it's meant to be. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands. Verse 25, for husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. Jesus died for the church. Physically, he died for the church. The church is the body. He laid down his life for the church. And now the example that's given to husbands is, look, love your wives like Christ loved the church. He died for the church. I know I think but every husband, every good husband in here would gladly, gladly die for their wives. It's just, it's, just, it's just in us. It's what we do. It's like, yeah, yeah, this, this is me. But the thing is, is I think that can sometimes be an easier decision than laying down our lives, our wants for our wives. <laughs> laying down hunting. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's not, not you. Laying down golf. The dream of being able to do whatever it might be. But Jesus laid down his entire life. And please note, this is what it tells husbands to do. This means love your wives just as Christ has loved the church. It's, it's knowing and laying down our lives for them, knowing what they need, and to the best of our abilities, providing it for them. Providing it for them. Jesus, in talking to his disciples, said this in Matthew 20, verse 25. It says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. He says, not so. Not so among you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. We're meant to serve. We're meant to be a blessing. Not to lord it over, but to be a blessing. First Corinthians, kind of in talking about what our concerns are meant to be, is our concerns are meant to be one for another. That's what they're meant to be. First Corinthians 7.33 says, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. That's meant to be one of your responsibilities. His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer um, married or has never been married can devote their time to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. It's like, look, it's God and then it's your spouse. That's what it is. You get married, it's God and then your spouse. And, and, and there's not supposed to be something in between there and that includes kids. Kids come and they go. That's, that's the goal. It's not that they're going to live in the basement forever. My kids are like, when we get older, some of them have been like, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, okay. Like, good. I, I hope you'll be ready and if you need help, well, we're here. But that, that's the idea. That, that is the plan, that you won't be here forever. 
but that you'll be out, that you can hear from God on your own and that he's speaking to you and giving you a passion and a vision and giving you steps to take and you're hearing God's voice, we'd love to help. But you're going to take those steps. It's God and then it is your spouse. We're meant to be and giving them our attention. Years ago, I was in high school, I was at a, at a friend's house. And as I recall, we were talking about cars. And, and my, we were in the kitchen, and my friend's mom was making some food, I think, or something like that. And, and we're talking, and, and her mom jumps in and is like, ooh, you know what car I like? And, and they had like this uh, the center island, and, and she's, she's kind of leaning over the island like this because we were on the other side sitting at, a, at the table. And she goes, you know what car I like? And then she stops and goes, kind of like looks around. I'm like, what is wrong with her? Like, what is she doing? We're in her house. And she's like, she looks around, and then she mentions a car. And I don't remember the car. But I was like, who are you looking for? And she goes, oh, I was looking for their dad because if he hears that I like, I like the car, but I don't want one. And if he hears that I like it, it'll show up here. I just know it. He just does that. I do not remember, like I said, what car she said she liked. But I remember sitting there thinking, man, I want to be that husband someday. I want to be the husband that my wife is like, I got to be careful because he's really trying. He's, he looks out for me so well that if I just mention that I like something, even though I don't really want it, he's going to do his best and we're going to have a version of it or we're going to do something. It's going to show up in the driveway. It's like, I want to be that. That's what we are meant to do. It says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and he laid down his life for the church. So as husbands, that's what we get to do. We get to lay down our life for our wife. Verse 26, he says, to what end? What is this? To make her holy and clean, Washed by the cleansing of God's word, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she would be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. He's like, you ever heard of the crazy cycle? Anybody ever heard of the crazy cycle? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been on the crazy cycle? Raise both hands. Anybody ever lie in church? Raise your hand. Okay, okay. All right. So the crazy cycle, because nobody knows what it is. So the crazy cycle is like, I don't do something I should for Becca or acknowledge something she did. So in return, she's like, I won't acknowledge or like love the same of the way that he knows to be loved. And then I'm like, well, she didn't do that. So then I'm not going to. And it's just this whirlwind. It's just, it's just, this, it's just, it's a cycle. And it's crazy because it doesn't make any sense. But, but every now and then other people who aren't in this room get on it. They get on that crazy cycle. But here's what it's meant to be. What it's meant to be is something a little bit different. Because here's what it says in verse 20, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually loves himself. You're like, well, that's kind of weird. What is it talking about? It's talking about the exact opposite of the crazy cycle. And you love her, and you care for her, and she knows that her needs 
are being watched out for. So instead of her fighting for her own needs, instead she's paying attention to your needs. And she's like, well, what is it that I can do and how can I help you and what is it that we're doing? And instead of the crazy cycle, he's like, look, it's like you're loving yourself. You're giving yourself a gift. He's like, the result is the love cycle. It's just awesome. And often there's babies. Like, it's just, it's just a great cycle. It's a great cycle to be in. There doesn't have to be, just so you know. I mean, it depends on where you are in life. But anyways... It's a great cycle to be on, but that's what it's meant to be. That's what it's meant to be. But this, understand this, men. You are, and God has put you in the position of as the leader of your home. Whether you are or not, you are. And you, whether you are leading your home or not, God, you will answer to God for your home. 1 Corinthians 11 says this in verse 3, but there's one matter I want to remind you about, that the wife is responsible to the husband, her husband is responsible to Christ, and Christ is responsible to God. You men, if you're married, you are. God is going to look at you and you alone as the leader of your home. That's on you. You cannot delegate that responsibility to somebody else. Now, it's going to look different in every home. But you wear that weight and you carry that, whether you're stepping into it or not. And there's probably some women watching online who have stepped up and are leading in their homes because their husbands haven't been. And they're like, well, somebody needs to, so they do. Because there's a void, and they're like, I can get it done, and so they do. Maybe, maybe you're like, well, it, we're a little different, and so it just kind of works good this way. And, and I don't know that I really want to rock the boat, <laughs> because it's kind of working, and we don't really, our, our house doesn't really run, run that way, and, and she's definitely the boss, and it's just kind of like she just runs everything, but it works for us, so why should we change it? I would tell you to change it because I believe that God's way, if it's going good now, if you do it God's way, it'll be even better. That God's blessing is on his way, and now that you've heard this message, you know better. Sorry, but you do. So it's saying, okay, do I want to do it my way or do I submit and say, God, you know better? And this might rock the boat a little bit. This might be a little bit different. Now, practically speaking, like what, what even does that look like for, for, someone, for a man to stand up and to lead his home? Um, let, let me just give you a couple of ways that that looks, what, what that looks like. No, let me tell you what it doesn't look like. Um, I lead our home, but I I'm not like, okay, we are going to buy this at the grocery store today. There, do it. That doesn't work. Okay, I, I, I don't do that. Um, I, that's, would that be a good idea? But what it does look like is, okay, what we're going to do is we are going to follow God. We're going to make some Bible-centered decisions when we make decisions. 
when we make decisions. We're, they're going to be Christ-centered. Um, I'm, I'm going to have the final say in that, but we're going to pray together, and we're going to come in unity. Again, Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they agree to do so? So we come together when we're going to make some big decisions. Um, I've told the story about launching the church. That was a big decision, deciding that we were going to pastor. And how God spoke to me. I went home, told Becca, she said, ha ha, have fun. Like she literally laughed. What I did not do is then say, well, it's time to go. We're going to do this, so jump on board. Um, I could have and she would have. But instead, I was like, we're going to get on the same page in this. So I prayed. And I'm like, God, if you spoke to me, I want you to speak to her because we need to be on the same page. Because this is not a, a simple, small decision, but I believe that you have clearly spoken to me. So I would encourage her. Finally, I was like, babe, I really feel that the, I feel stronger today than I did. And this was, this was weeks had gone by. I said, I feel stronger today than I did then. Um, what do you need? I want, what do you need that you can take some time and you can go hear from God on this subject? And she's like, can I have three days to, to, to go? Like, and I'm like, yep. So I, I, took, I took time off work. I cleared my schedule so that we could do it, so that she could go. And um, whatever she needed to do, whether she was going to go fast and meet with some people and read, whatever it was going to look like, that she could go and she could hear from God. So she left to go do that. She left to go do that, and uh, it wasn't, it was hours later that she called. And she's like, hey, like we had one car at the time, so she, we had to borrow my, my parents' car so that she could go there and I could be there home with the kids. And so she called and she's like, I'm in your mom's stupid truck. This thing's too big to park. I can't figure out the air conditioning heat. This, she's like, this is driving me crazy. And she's like, I'm at the mall. I don't even like being at the mall. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is going really good. You know, it's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, hey. And then she says, and she goes, and I'm wrong. I already know this is what we need to be doing. Yes, God is speaking to me. This is, this is what we need to do. But can I still have the three days? <laughs> She's like, I've made plans. I've made plans. We got on the same page. We got on the same page. There are very few times, but we took the time to get on the same page. We took time to pray about these big decisions. What happens when we can't get on the same page? Um, we've gone and met with some mentors of ours and been like, hey, we're really struggling in this. Can you get some advice? Can you give us some advice? And we've laid out our difference and been like, hey, what about this to get some clarity? so that we could get on the same page. I think I, I can honestly think of one big issue that we couldn't get on the same page on. One, 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 and one time. And on that one, I had asked her to cut somebody out of her life, basically. Someone that she was very close to. But as a relationship, I'm like, I can see the impact it's having on you, and it's not good. And she's like, I don't see it. And I'm like, I can. She's like, I don't. And I was like, okay, I do. I don't want you, I, want you to, I don't want you to be friends with this person anymore. Um, and to some of you, that's not a big deal. Because you're like me. 
okay? And relationally, uh, you, you don't hurt a whole lot. <laughs> Anyways, it's the truth. You're laughing even with the like, oh, music. Like, well, like, anyways. But then some of you, where you feel the most is relationally. And so for Becca, when it came to this, like, like asking, she's like, well, what and how? And man, she's like, I, I don't, not only does she disagree with me, but also she feels so strongly when it comes to relationships and, 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 and people. And I'm like, she's like, well, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm asking you to not get together with this person, not return messages, to just, just be done. And she's like, I completely disagree. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, but I'm asking you to. She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I can't make you do anything, but I'm asking you to honor me in this and to just be done with this relationship. And she did. She chose, we, we weren't together on it, but she chose to just honor me. She's like, okay. And I want to say it was a month, month and a half later. That not only did she do it just to honor me because I asked her to, but a month, month and a half later, she came and she goes, now on this side of it, she goes, I see it. She goes, I see it. It's one of the hardest things you're going to do as a man is to lead your home and to know when to lay down your life and when to stand. But that's why we need the Holy Spirit. It's meant to love. Here's what it is. It's the two become one. It's two holes coming together, two strong people that come together but are submitted to Christ. You're going to go places. God's going to use you to get some things done. Where the trouble comes is when we get independent and we want to do it our way. But God's like, look, I designed marriage. The world can try to redefine it whatever way they want, but if you want it to be great, you're going to have to do it God's way. And marriage God's way is meant to be the closest thing to heaven you'll ever experience on earth. It is a supernatural joining of two and making them one. It's, husband, it's laying down your life for your spouse. Let me just say this to all the men. You have this in you. God, God will never call you to do something. He does not equip you to do as well. And maybe you need to change who you're hanging around with and what downloads you're getting and what things you're watching and maybe get around some great men, maybe come to the morning's men's meeting, some things and be like, hey, I'm not gonna run with pigs anymore. So I'm going to get out of where the pigs are and be like, okay, I'm going to find some people and, and change some things. I'm going to get in your word and I'm going to pray. And maybe there's some ladies who are like, I've been, I've been leading because I had to. Let me just say, encourage. encourage. There's a reason why there's cheerleaders on the side of sports. Because guys, we like it. They're like, they, they don't, I don't know who they're talking to, but they're saying nice things. So I'm going to say it's for me. Like, we just like it. We're really not that complicated. <laughs> encourage him. Just encourage him. You're like, well, when he prays for dinner, it's just so short. That's because there's food. It's time to eat. Can I just say that? 
There's food. That's not the time to go to some big eulogy thing. Like, but if he does pray for the food, just be like, thank you. That was great. Just encourage him. Because what you encourage, you get more of. God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of you in here. Marriage was designed by God. The world wants to paint a picture of marriage as a prison when the truth is, it's the exact opposite. Marriage is the place where we get to be free and open with one another because I trust and I love her and I'll lay down my life for her and she trusts and loves me and we're the most open and the most free and we have the most fun together. But we'll never experience that if we we don't do it God's way. He has a plan and a purpose for your life is to give you a hope and a future. We gotta close this thing down. Man, I just got started. But before we leave, would you guys just all bow your heads and close your eyes? I wanna make sure that we know, that you know where you stand with God. I'm talking about doing things God's way. God has a plan and a purpose for everyone in here, Jeremiah 29, 11. But beginning to walk that out begins with saying, God, I need you. Making him our Lord and Savior. Saying, God, I want to be forgiven. Because we've missed the mark and we know it. Being like, God, I want to start a brand new life. You can, but it starts with saying, God, I need you. Forgive me and make me new. And he will. So if you're here today and you say, today's the day I want to give him my heart and my life, I'd love the honor of praying with you. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up and say, that's me. Today's the day I want to give my heart and my life. Thank you. All right, with everybody, with every head bowed and every eye closed, everybody, just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you shed your blood so that I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. And today, I declare, I'm doing life your way. You know better. You are my Lord and my King. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.